Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show, which is brought to you by Buffalo Trace, we're going to be talking about Kentucky's win over Mississippi State, which almost wasn't a win in the second half. Uh, then we'll talk about the number one player in the country, picking a school, and we'll wrap with the Matt House saga. I've named it that because it's kind of turning into that. But we'll start with the actual basketball game, Kyle. Kentucky raced out to a monster lead at Mississippi State, and then they let them come back in it. Uh, P.J. Washington was fantastic offensively. John Calipari had some critiques of him <laughs> in the rest of his game. Um, but overall, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, I was very impressed with P.J. Um, you know, I can see where Cal is coming from. But, you know, in terms of where where he's been and, and you know, where he is now and what he's giving Kentucky, um, I think this is a really significant stretch. I mean, this is six consecutive strong performances by him five of the last six he scored uh 20 points or more um you know 23 points on 13 shots three of three from three uh i mean he's a legitimate three-point shooter now that's one thing Uh, there is there is no question pj washington has helped himself uh in the eyes of the nba because if you know that's kind of what he's going to have to be if he's going to make it and it's not really fluky at this point um, you know, he's now shooting 45% from three on the season and, and not on a small number, 22 out of 49. I mean, he's, he's made the third most threes on the team. So that, you know, that, that's really impressive to me. And then I, I think too, just, you know, people will, will, if they're, if they're looking for a reason to be negative, focus on the fact that they let it, let that team come back. But I look at this is another instance on the road where they were up and ready and they dropped the hammer and, you know, we're on the verge of blowing a team out on the road, a good team on the road. And then the fact that when the other team did make a run, that that didn't matter, that they were able to make winning plays at the end of the game. I mean, Keldon Johnson with that stretch where he scores six straight points for Kentucky late, he double taps the uh, loose ball that uh, enables – uh, E.J. Montgomery to get an offensive rebound late that let him run another 30 seconds off the clock when they were trying to kill it at the end. And then he makes the big defensive stop at the very end. So, um, you know, that that stood out to me. Tyler Hero with another onions shot on the road. Um, and I think Ashton Hagen's made some, like, terrific plays. There were times where he made mistakes as well. And um, I thought early on maybe it looked like he was a little bit out of sorts, but ends up with nine assists. Um you know, I, I was impressed with the way he played down the stretch when they had to have it as well. I, I just I, I like this team more all the time and believe in them more as a Final Four contender. I mean, 10 straight wins, it's hard not to, but um, I took mostly positive stuff from that. Yeah, and I mean, the when you want to kind of look at it, I think the second half issues, they kind of, they can be boiled down, and this is simplifying it to a certain extent, but Reed Travis and uh, P.J. Washington both had foul troubles, Kyle, in the second half. So I think that might have been part of the reason that Mississippi State was able to go on that run. And to Calipari's kind of criticism of Washington about him not getting rebounds and those kind of things, I wonder how much 
the foul troubles might have hindered him and his aggressiveness to a certain extent because, you know, he was trying to stay out of the way, I feel like, a lot of the time. And I've seen a lot of people tweet his fourth foul where it was kind of ticky-tack. And um, uh, maybe he maybe that's part of the reason he wasn't as aggressive on the boards in some instances. Yeah, could be. I mean, I we were kind of in a little group text where I was joking early on about how he didn't he needed to rebound though, and I do agree with Cal on that. I mean, offensively he's been terrific. He's been aggressive the way they need him to be, but he does he does have to come up with more than three rebounds in that game, and I think he only had one through most of the most of the game, um, but. You know, he, there was, you know, Mississippi State was being a little bit physical. Uh, there were a couple uh, eyebrow-raising calls or non-calls in that game. Yeah, that's college and, basketball kind of you know, now, though. The uh, the, el- the elbows getting thrown around. And so maybe maybe that did make P.J. a little more hesitant on the glass. But, um, you know, I all in all, I take the way that P.J. is playing right now as an overwhelming positive because – you know, to me, he's not coming out. I mean, it also, 20, 23 points in 24 minutes is... Uh, That's impressive. Is very impressive. Yeah, and it wasn't uh, against Schlubs. It was against uh, McDonald's All-American. Well, I mean, if you just look at their entire front court, they got a dude who's just a massive human. They got a McDonald's All-American um, in, in Perry, and then Eric Holman, who's a senior... Uh, who can block a lot of shots. So that was just impressive. I mean, there's no other way to slice it that he did it against quality defenders. Yeah, and that's a like one of the bigger front courts you'll see really anywhere. I mean, they got a ton of of size and length, uh, and all combined. I mean, Reggie Perry, as you mentioned, a McDonald's All American who'd been like he just was coming off I think a nineteen and ten game against LSU. Uh, he has four points and six rebounds, N- not a massive impact. Uh, Adu, who I think is another like top forty ish caliber recruit, he had six and four, um, so not a massive impact. Uh, Eric Holman, three and three, and then two games against Kentucky, uh, he was really a non-factor, and you know that that's a credit to both PJ and Reed. Uh, Reed Travis, kind of a quiet eight points and eight rebounds and a couple blocks and a steal. I mean, you know, he's not going to get a lot of attention from that game, but I thought he did some really nice things, particularly um, in the first half. Uh, I thought he really did some nice things, but to me, kind of the what what wins that game is. Um, Keldon Johnson and Tyler Hero with some really clutch moments down the stretch. Um, and yeah. Keldon yeah. Johnson started slow. He ends up with 13 points and seven rebounds. And I, I mentioned he had this, you know, the stretch where he had scored six straight points and then the finishing him in the final minute was, was very, very, very clutch. And, and I was, I was impressed by that. He's a guy who he, he seems to be up and down for Kentucky and his, his focus maybe sometimes wanes. But when he's really locked in and he feels like it's crunch time, it seems like Keldon Johnson, more often than not, kind of rises up to meet that. And uh, Yesterday was certainly an example of it. Yeah, without a doubt. And since we were a little bit critical of the refs, give them some props there for not calling a foul in a situation where, you know, if you didn't have the perfect angle, it kind of looked like it. But Johnson got the ball in that last play, and they did not blow the whistle, which was a good job on their part. Oh, so coming up next, we will talk about the number one player in the 2019 class making a decision. Kentucky's on the list. Will he go there? You might be listening. If you're listening to this after 9 a.m., I think on Monday, you might know, but we got to talk about the implications uh, regardless. But before we do that, I do want to tell you guys about 
Buffalo Trace. We've been telling you about them for a couple weeks now and all their awesome tours and stuff, but right now they got an upcoming event that you guys will want to go. You can join Buffalo Trace Distillery for their annual Legendary Craftsman's Dinner Series at Buffalo Trace Distilleries. It's on February 22nd. The event will feature distillery legend E.H. Taylor and Chef Paul Brantley of the Southern Steak and Oyster of Nashville. So, good bourbon, good food. Uh, Colonel E.H. Weller's Four Grain has just been added to the tasting list. Uh, so, you can see, uh, you can taste the 2018 Whiskey of the Year, according to Jim Murray's Whiskey Bible. So that's obviously some really good whiskey. You can get more information and tickets at buffalotracedistillery.com slash events. That's buffalotracedistillery.com slash events. And if you can't make it out to that event, then you should go and just check out Buffalo Trace Distillery on uh, on a visit to see what they got and check out one of their awesome tours. So go to buffalotracedistillery.com for more information on the event and the bourbon you are locked on kentucky part of the locked on podcast network anthony edwards i'm actually i like pause there because i was uh, i had i was watching some basketball the other day and alan edwards was on wyoming was playing and he of course his coach is there so i had to make sure i said anthony which is the proper name of the player um Number yeah, one, that's po- going to happen a lot if he comes to Kentucky. <laughs> but it doesn't sound like, and obviously we're recording before he makes his decision, it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. He is down. His final three is Kentucky, Florida State, and Georgia. He was scheduled to make a visit to Florida State um, the, this weekend, but it was canceled, and so most people kind of took that as, hey, he's probably going to stay home and go to, go to Georgia. Kyle, is that what your understanding of the situation is? And what think- do you think about that? I think that's the most likely scenario. That's what I've been hearing, but but that that it was down to Kentucky and Georgia that that, that you know there was Kentucky was not out of the running. Um, but I think all the tea leaves right now are pointing to Georgia, which is interesting because uh, you know on the eve of that, Tom Crean had some very choice words for his current players that uh, I would think were I recruit a recruit maybe maybe wouldn't wouldn't ring uh great in my ears but uh well hold on uh, and I'll, I'll address <laughs> this real quickly that were they were about players on his teams but they weren't and this is a distinction and um the guy who handled this masterfully was actually mark stoops when he got here and tried to incorporate everyone on the team uh even if he didn't recruit them but he was talking about keeping guys on where it's kind of the the point of his comments and edwards would be a guy that he wouldn't be keeping on so I don't know. Also, I, I feel well, like coaches throw players under the bus a lot more commonly than people really understand. And and honestly, I don't have that much of a problem with it. Sometimes it's the player's fault, which is it's a fine to point out as a coach if that's truly what's going on. Yeah, although I just I, I find I thought it, what Crean did was really weak, and he's not really known to be like that. So I I, I thought it was kind of shocking in that way because you know that's fine, but like his whole rant was like I you know. He tried to act like, well, this is my fault, but he he said it was his fault because he didn't kick all these guys off the team, uh, that they're not basically not good enough. They've never accomplished anything in their careers. They've never done anything. So why would I have thought they would do anything now, basically? Which I thought was pretty. I I, I was personally uh, that rubbed me the wrong way, and it would rub me the wrong way as any of those players' parents, because as you said, Mark Stoops, 
he came in, he and he inherited terrible talent. He and he inherited talent that wouldn't have probably won the OVC. And I'm sure there were a million times that he wanted to come in and say, look, these aren't my players. They're awful. Like, let me give me a couple of years till I get my players, which is essentially what Tom Crean's saying here. He wants people to get off his back for how bad they are this year because these aren't my guys and they suck. But I mean, well, and uh, like, it's, if you it's listen, very, it's just not a very good that 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 doesn't. But it say, can be true. Like that's the thing. Well, of course, it, I know, but you shouldn't well, yeah. say it and da 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 and all that and all that. But it can be true. <laughs> There's a lot of things that are true that you don't say. You know what I mean? Like because mm-hmm. because what players want to know is you're going to have their back. <laughs> but he's and not. But this uh, when it's talking about they're recruit- not my players. I just think that's a weak. That's no, a weak it is. Excuse. It I is mean, weak. You, but you, but what you I'm inherited sa- them. But it is. It, this is one. I'm I'm talking directly about Edwards here, because it, it it's not going to impact him. Like I think. No, I, it doesn't impact him. He's not going to crap on Anthony Edwards. But I mean, it's like, what kind of coach do I want to play for? Like when things are bad, does he does he go? Uh, well, I got the number one player in the country. I thought I was going to have get more out of him, but turns out he's really not the number one player in the country. I mean, when you when your coach starts openly blaming the players well then no one should ever want to it's ever ever want to go play for frank martin considering what he said after the game on on tuesday because he said that i prepared this team for this game but they weren't prepared themselves mm-hmm. yeah and like i think there's also a difference in that i think there is a difference in saying we had a game plan they didn't follow it and completely uh dismissing their ability as basketball players like on the whole, it wasn't they stunk this game. It was, you know, this is on me because I should have just cut all these guys because they've never done anything in their careers and they've never been any good. And I should have known they were not going to be any good and cut them in the first place. Like that to me is a little, it's, it goes beyond like throwing the players under the bus for a game or mistake. It's like sort of demeaning. And I just don't get the point of doing it. That, that's all. What about, I just don't get the what point about of doing saying it. I'm not going to let another player hold my team hostage? Is that, I mean, that's putting a lot of blame on one player in one season, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that's fair too. I mean, Cal has, Cal has definitely thrown some, some individual players on the, under the bus. It, it's rare because I think more often than not, his stance is I'm going to like, you know, take the bullet for them. Um, I don't, I mean, did, did Cal ever call Ryan Harrell out by name? <laughs> well, Tom Crean didn't call anybody out by name technically. Yeah, I mean, basically, just said the whole team is trash. <laughs> but, so, but I mean, that's uh, what—that's my general point. And when you started talking about this, and I don't know why I've gotten into this weird thing about almost defending Tom Crean when I just like here's my thoughts on Tom Crean overall. I think he's a good college basketball coach. Like that's my, if you want to use the terms, hot take. That's my take. And if Edwards wants to go to Georgia because he wants to stay home, and the coach at his, of his home, quote unquote, state school is Tom Crean. I think that's a f- decent decision um, to these. Yeah, I don't think it's going to, I don't think that's going to necessarily affect the decision, nor do I necessarily think it should. I just thought, I, my point was, I thought it was an, in, it was interesting timing as you're trying to close the deal on the top player in the country to take a public opportunity to take a dump on your current team. Well, but it, it, maybe, uh, and this is my cynical mind working away, Kyle, maybe it's, it's the perfect time to do it though. Because hey, none can, of these guys can play. You'll get all the minutes and all the shots. Exactly. I mean, yeah, that's that's probably the message. So, <laughs> so I don't know. Um, but you know, after after he decides, we'll probably mention it on the next edition of the show. Uh, but but overall, it, it, 
it's just an interesting case. And as we always, I mean, we don't always say this because we trust you guys, but I'll say it now since I've kind of discussed it. Just don't, don't tweet or leave messages to recruits if they don't pick your team because that's stupid to do. And per usual, if you're a Kentucky basketball and football fan, would you have been really mad if Damian Harris picked Kentucky? Would that have been a dumb choice? Because I think that uh, if you're looking at the way things have kind of set up that time, there's a pretty good correlation there to staying home with a good coach. If you're a football player, no, you want to go to Alabama. If this guy wants to stay home and play for his home state school, then I don't think you should be too be too critical of him. Coming up next, we are going to talk, speaking of football, Matt House. If things, things happened this weekend with Matt House. And now that he is coming back to Kentucky, they're kind of conflicting reports on how it ended up happening. You are locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Where would you rather coach, Kyle, for the Kansas City Chiefs or the Kentucky Wildcats? I'd probably rather be in the NFL, but I think if I were looking at like uh, longevity, I think, you know, I think you probably feel better about your situation in college football. Yeah. So and also, I mean, I assume too, like, I don't know what, I really don't even know what NFL position coaches make, but he's, well, he's I Googled well it well for himself as the coordinator at Kentucky. I Googled it, which is what you do when you don't know something. And the site I found, and I believe it was Forbes. So that should be pretty reputable. The average assistant, because he would have been a linebackers coach for Kansas City, makes about 300000 which is less than he's making at Kentucky. It's about half, actually. Not even half. Yeah. It's not even so, half. So, I mean, yeah, it would probably be more than that um, in theory, uh, but we don't know, uh, obviously, because he decided to um, come back to Kentucky. It was confirmed yesterday. And then this is where it got interesting, Kyle, um, and I'm – scrolling to find the tweet because there were reports from NFL from the NFL side that it wasn't uh you know just all sunshine and roses when Matt House was coming back to the cats. Uh here's Therese Paler who covers KC says so regarding Matt House who was expected to be the Chiefs new linebackers coach. I'm told UK decided not to let him out of his deal, but they only did that after they'd agreed to negotiate the buyout. Tough break for House, who wanted to join the Chiefs and Kansas City. Um, John Hale, shout out to him, who tweeted this information out, uh, that the that Matt House's buyout on his current contract is $150,000. And while obviously that's a lot of money to nearly everybody, in the world of professional and college football, that doesn't seem like a lot of money to quibble over. So Kyle, are you kind of buying the fact that UK blocked House going to KC? No, I mean, unless it was just like, hey, we're not waiving the buyout. Like, I, I don't really understand. Like, if you want this dude, pay the buyout. I don't, that, that story just doesn't really make sense to me. Um, and, and I don't, like, I also can't imagine Mark Stoops being like, I'm going to hold you hostage. Um, I, I don't think he'd want a guy to stay on staff who wanted to go and was being forced, like, forcibly retained like how's that good for anybody um that story just doesn't make sense to me like if a guy wants to go he goes like <laughs> i just this is not a head coach who's got a two million dollar buyout it's like 
or $10 million buyout. If, if, a, if, assistant, if, a, if an assistant coach wants to go, he goes. I don't think I've ever even heard in college sports of like a school actively like blocking a move. Well, there was uh, the one that is most recent is uh, Cliff Kingsbury, but that worked itself out because he was, he was going to be the OC for uh, Southern Cal and now he's the an NFL coach, but the slight difference in that is well, that was but that yeah, was they yeah. didn't give him they did they said they weren't going to give him permission to even interview. Yeah, that's what um, I mean. I was, also, he was a new hire. Yeah, like that was that's what I was getting. I at. Mean, it's it, it, there's slightly different, but that is one that that people kind of pointed out of something that you know it it kind of has happened before, but this is this is different than but, that. Yeah, it's it's to me it's way different when you've just hired a guy and so you say, Yeah, we'd like you to stay here and not already be interviewing for other jobs since you've just moved into your office. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's for one. And for two, like what guess what happened? If if somebody told him, Hey, don't worry about it, we're gonna hire you, so like come on. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, he wanted to go and he went. Yep. That and here's it like like Matt House has been blocked. It's just such a funny way to put it because, like, it just doesn't really work that way. Here's what all my hypothesis is: what happened um, earlier this week. Mark Stoops came into the signing day press conference and, and was talking about how he has been on the phone with some NFL teams that were discussing his coaches. So probably what could have happened is, you know, the the Chiefs call Stoops, hey, we're we're interested in Matt. And uh, the other note on this is that House used to work for the defensive coor- the new defensive coordinator for Kansas City. He was one of his coaching mentors, so they had a great relationship, so that would be a reason why House would want to go. And so uh, Stoops is probably like, well, I understand it, okay. And then they kind of like, there's a back and forth, and, and things go, and Kansas City's somehow under the impression that the buyout will be lowered, and maybe UK was like, well, you know, we would actually just like Matt House to stay, so you guys are just going to pay that. And Kansas City balked at that. And then there's a situation where UK goes to Matt House and says, if they really wanted you, you would think they would pay that $150,000, but apparently they don't. Hey, here, how about we work on a new deal for you to stay with us? And maybe Matt House got to thinking, that sounds like a pretty good idea. And so he decides <laughs> to stay. I mean, that's, that's what kind of makes sense to me. And it's a situation where both sides of this story that are being told are technically kind of right. Yeah, I mean that that could be it. I think also, you know, one thing uh, John Hales also pointed out is, I mean, for all we know, he may have already worked on a new deal with Kentucky because I, I would assume the whole staff was in line for raises. Certainly the coordinators, certainly Matt House after a great defensive year, and and so he may have had a higher salary and a bigger buyout than we're aware of under this new deal, um, which would have made it more prohibitive. But also, if not, like. I, he was already, you already needed to pay the man more money. Uh, and now in the sec, some top coordinators make, you know, million dollars. And, you know, if you, if you want your guy pay him. And, and as if, if what you said about the average NFL assistant salaries is relative, rel- relatively speaking, as low as, as that, you know, 300,000 niche, then, you know, it may, it may have just been a case where, Hey, we're going to, if they don't want to pay the buyout and they're going to pay you way less money and we're going to give you a, a raise and pay you even more money, why don't you stay here? And in that case, it's not called blocking. It's called winning the negotiation, you know? So 
uh, I don't know. Hopefully, it'll all come out at some point, and somebody will. Well, it will. Know, and Kentucky's in. We'll will at least say no, we didn't block them, and you know, here's why he stayed, or he or he'll he himself will say, here's why I stayed, because I just I find I find the notion that they Kentucky just straight up said like we're blocking this move. I don't. It doesn't really add up to me. And in my mind, when you talk about blocking, I feel like Landon Young and Drake Jackson are standing outside of Matt House's office door like, nope, <laughs> you got to stay, coach, <laughs> and then pushing him back in. <laughs> All right, uh, that's going to about do it. We got, we, there's still st- tons of stuff to talk about off of the, the Mississippi State game to a certain extent, specifically some Brad Calipari fashion choices, which I rather enjoyed. And also we got to talk about LSU because that'll be the next game. So we'll talk about them on the next edition of the show. So... Be sure to be subscribed so you get to hear that kind of stuff and follow the show on social media. You can search Locked On Kentucky on Facebook or find us on Twitter at Locked On UK. Kyle is on Twitter at Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. I'm on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. If you want to see me arguing about Virginia basketball and Tom Crean being a good coach, then you can follow along. Uh, there. Thanks again to Buffalo Trace Distillery for sponsoring this edition of the show. Check out buffalotracedistillery.com slash events to get more information on their annual legendary Craftsman Dinner series. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Please rate, review, subscribe, and most importantly, share it with somebody else who would enjoy this show. are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Hello? Hi, Kyle. What's up, bud? I was about to call you out for tweeting when you were saying you were connecting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How are you? Fantastic. Good. I've been fighting people online all day. I noticed. I shouldn't do that. I got out of that habit, but it was kind of fun today because this guy's... Every now and then it's fun, man. Yeah.